What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy and subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, Mike C-Rock. Thanks for listening, guys. Today, I brought in a guy that's well-known. He's all over Clubhouse, and I just love listening to him. And he also really commands a room on Clubhouse like nobody's ever seen. And it's not even been around that long anyway, but he's, uh, he's, he's one of the top guys on there. And I wanted to bring in JT Fox to talk to you guys today. JT, welcome to the What Are You Made Of podcast, brother. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me on. So you've been, you've, uh, been on the radio a little bit, too. I noticed I saw on your bio you had a, a radio show. Do you still have that syndicated radio? No, no, no. I, yeah, funny enough, I was, like, I was on syndicated, started off self-syndicated. And then the thing is, I would just get all my ads and then sell them and made more money and then figure that was more work than anything. But then I figured I just self-syndicate, kind of like what Rich Limbaugh did. So I was yeah. on like eight or nine stations and I just got bored of it. And then I, in one week I played one show and I played the same show three weeks in a row and the ratings kept going up and people kept saying how great it was of a show. And I was like, what's the point of doing a radio show every week? So I, uh, I just stopped it and then just, you know, it just became a bit time consuming, ironically enough. And then podcasts kind of took off that you don't need to be on mainstream radio. I mean, I can't remember last time I even turned on the radio, to be honest with you. So yeah. Yeah. Well, like let's, uh, let's ask the question that we always ask our guests when they first come on. Uh, what are you made of, JT? You can answer uh, well, first of all, loyalty, loyalty. That's the first thing. I think it's the most important quality. Uh, you're either loyal or you're not. Loyalty is black or white. Um, and uh, most people are loyal to the opportunity. Um, and uh, that's to me. So 100%. I got an insane work ethic. I don't do my best. I do whatever it takes. Every single day, I strive to become a better person today than I was yesterday and a better person tomorrow than I will be today. And as long as I do that, uh, and I push myself beyond my comfort levels, right? It's all about increasing the density of risk, right? You're in high and you want to expand. And that's what I'm made of. So, you know, I want to succeed as a famous quote, as bad as I want to breathe. And uh, that's in my veins. It's the fire. It's the chase. Um, It's what we got to do. And I'll fight and I'll claw. And that's how I am. That's what I'm made of. I love it, man. Hey, where's that come from, though? Let's dig deep. Give us a little bit of background of where you came from Listen, growing up. And I have a sad story, too. It's like, wah, you know, I was broke, came from Canada, moved from America, $974, went down to negative 34,000, sleep on an office couch, eating ramen noodles, showering at the gym, you know, down to negative 34,000, you know, and then all of a sudden I did my first deal in, in real estate. That's how I started in Chicago. And then, you know, made 74,000. My second deal made 150. And then to make a long story short, I did 500 deals in five years without using my own money. I was a millionaire at 24, multi-millionaire at 25, 10 million at 28. And obviously now I'm like very so, extremely high net worth, but that's kind of how it all started just with, with uh, started real estate. Now I got over 60 different companies and brands all over the world. We're in 54 countries. We have clients in 104. So, you know, just the average, you know, day-to-day stuff. That's why I didn't read your bio. Cause I know you're better at it than I am. So yeah, I hate, I hate the bios. Like it just, I, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what bio you want. I don't even like, yeah, I just, just something it. to put, it's just something to put in. Yeah, just, but it is. It's like, 
J.T. Fox has been featured on magazine covers all over the world. He is passionate about helping people achieve their dream. He's also a philanthropist who loves getting involved with children. You know, it's like, like, you know, it's so boring. Like, I just, I hate it. That's why I don't let MEMCs introduce me on stage when I speak at, you know, five, 10,000 people. I just like play the video because it just, it's just, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. So what was the first deal? Was it a commercial deal or where did you make it? Oh, no, just a residential, residential home, you know, buy okay, and so, flip. Okay. So you're a real estate agent or you did a buy and flip? No, no, no. Real estate investor. Real estate investor. investor. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, but what no, was no. the switch though? What was the switch from all the struggle that you had and then the switch to like absolutely turn it on? Cause you weren't. Well, but, but, but a part of it was luck. You know what I mean? You just like, I put up some marketing, which I'd never done. And the first piece I put out, I got a call like one for one, ironically. Right. Which was crazy. They call me and went there and, and, you know, got the deal done, which was, was, uh, was just by accident really. And, uh, I was at the right time at the right place. And so it kind of worked out and then you got a second one and then second one. And, and so it's just kind of pivot. Nothing was doing was working. I was lowballing everybody. Like, you know, it's interesting too, because if it didn't do these little minor pivots, I don't think I'd be where I am today. You know, let's not, I had a speech impediment growing up. So People like now see me like, oh my God, you know, they always think I was like this and people forget. And I've actually recorded every one of my coaching sessions from broke to where I am today. Like literally, like people go to Millionaire Flicks, they can pick it up there, but everything like you can like, my success has been documented. Like you can listen to the coaching session I did two days ago and the one 10 years ago. And you tell me if I'm not, if I'm, if, how different I am, just the way I think, the way I talk. Um, and part of this too, is like, you got to sharpen your ax, you know, you gotta, you gotta shine your diamond. And, uh, but more importantly for me, I just had to, you know, become a different person because the person I was now only got me to where I was. And at every level, first 100,000, first million, first 10 million, first 100 million, you got to push the reset button because whatever got you here is never going to get you there. Right. And then comfortability and complacency, man, that's, uh, gets a lot of people too, when they do have that success. And you could have, after your first couple of deals, when you started rolling, you could have been like, oh man, I got some money now and I can take it off, take the, take the foot off the gas pedal a little bit. But what keeps you just pushing hard, man? What is well, it? There's something in you. Well, I get, I give it. Well, yeah. I mean, their insides are filled with three things, right? You have fear, you have dark side, and you have fire. The fear is what prevents us from taking risk or doing different things. The dark side is something messed up our past that for some reason has frozen. It's like permafrost. And if we put good soil on top of bad soil, it doesn't grow, right? It remains in that permafrost space. So until it dethaws. For me, it was probably my parents. No one said I'm proud of you. My whole life, people made fun of me. You know, that was probably what that was. And then when I shaved my, even my first 10 million, it didn't do anything. I realized that because all the people said didn't believe in me, still didn't believe in me. And all the people that had more money than me couldn't care less because they had more money. So um, I realized that I needed, I had, I was trying to prove to everyone. I just need to prove myself. You know, you needed like that self-love to be able to like say, you know what? I, I just like that chip and anger. And mind you, that chip got me into 10 million. Yeah. Um, my philosophy has always been, I mean, before the pandemic, I was on the road 324 days a year, conquering countries and doing amazing stuff. And the art of going to a different country where no one knows who you are and you know, they're going to be skeptical and you're not from there, different language barriers. And I would go in there and do well, you know, places like Kuwait, like who would have thought I would have done my own thing in Kuwait city, like, you know, the Gulf war. And then I'm in Kuwait. That was a cool moment dominating 11 German cities, which no Americans or, you know, I mean, God gone there and made it happen or going to Israel. You know, like I did UAE, Turkey, and Israel, you know, and then Paris, four days. Like who would have thought that would even be remotely possible? And that's my point. Yeah. Is, um, I always said, you know what? I kept pushing because you never know when it can end. And, I, and the funny thing is, is the pandemic ended speaking. 
I mean, it may come back, may not come back the way it is. So people always say, why do you keep pushing yourself? Because you're never going to end. And of course, the worst case scenario is the, the pandemic. Nobody would ever thought that it would just like, it was never even like a worst case scenario. Like what if there's a pandemic? Like no one ever thought about that, right? Because there had been something since the Spanish flu. So, you know, it's just a complete pivot, a complete, you know, 1080. So I'm proud that I pushed that way too. Plus, you know, if you don't do anything, I get bored. So that's, that's the point, right? I mean, so first of all, I want to, I want to hit on one point there. When like you're trying to prove it to yourself now, that's the mission now, right? You're still trying to prove it to yourself or, or are you done past that? No, I, you know, I don't know if I have anything, like I have so much money now. So like I can get anything I want. I have anything I want. I think it's just the game, the hunt, the next deal, the next company, the next thing. Well, what, know, then, so what, like what level was it? What level was it then when you felt like you had made it to that point where you felt like now it's just the hunt? It's not about proving it to myself anymore. What, where, where was that level? I don't know. Like, it's hard to say because then like, if you're just focused on your goals and where you want to go, you don't really worry about that anymore. So, I mean, I guess you look at your bank account and you're like this, but money doesn't drive me. Like, for example, I can make like $5 million in a day, let's say on a deal or 4 million or 1 million or whatever. Right. And it lasts for about 30 seconds. I'm like, all right. But if I lose the deal, it'll bother me until the next day. Like it'll eat me alive. So right. losing eats me alive. Winning does nothing for me. So it can't be about the money, right? Because winning doesn't do it for me. Yep. Winning doesn't, doesn't matter how many deals I have or I take over a company, I turn around because that's what I'm expected to be. Like I'm expected to close the deal. I'm expected to turn it around. I'm expected to crush it. So it doesn't do anything. Like when I go on stage and you know, they call me the number one platform sales speaker in the world, I go in and I sell more sometimes than every speaker combined. So there's an expectation. But if I don't do well, like my last speech was March 5th with Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? And Edmonton. That room was cold. Like you could tell, like the vibe wasn't, you know, like the Arnold crowd, yeah. you know, yeah, like, yeah. The, like, you know what I'm talking about, the muscle people, right? And they were. Did you say that just because my arm showed in the picture all of a sudden? Did you say that? What you, said? Yeah, that's <laughs> you told me to put my shirt on one day. So, in that bathing suit. Then this you're not in your bathing suit. So, <laughs> but so I didn't do as well. Uh, I did okay. And, but I didn't do as well. Like, and, that's my last speech. Now I, I was like mentally drained, Well, not physically. I was like, like in a way the pandemic was, I kept saying like, I need to quit this to focus on bigger things. Right. But you keep saying it, but it's hard when like what you're doing is working. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like, you're still scoring high production points or the best in your game. And you're thinking about walking away. That's hard. It's hard as a competitor. Cause, and that's the thing sometimes in business, people have something that works and they want to do something else. And so I think when something works, you double down until like it just can't go anywhere. So, you know, I'm still thinking about, you know, I could have done, you know, I could have done way better and I'm really bothered by it and I can't get back on a stage right now. And if I got back on a stage tomorrow, like there has to be rust because there's a science to speak on big stage. Like speaking is not one thing, but when you speak and you sell, that's a whole different ballgame. And, and, and the nonverbal has a lot, nonverbal has a lot, to do, nonverbal has a lot to do with too, right? No, I mean, no, I mean, I don't know. Like, to what me, makes it's you just good? like, like, what makes you good? What makes you the best? I'm quick. I'm quick witted. I read people very well. You know, I know what is entertaining and what's not. So I have this kind of like notion of like, I know what makes good TV, as they say. I get it. I get the game. I get what the end result is. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. 
That's mikecroc.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. So I want to touch on uh, the clubhouse incident where I felt like, man, I, I was like, man, I'm glad I'm not JT right now. When you talk and you're trying, you know, you have good intentions and people, you know, we're getting in the clubhouse where we're around a lot of people that sometimes we're not around every day or whatever the case is. But, you know, that, that had to be, uh, a, you know, obviously you handled it. Um, you attacked it. You showed up. Um, but, but can you talk about that and what it's like to be in a situation where, like, you feel like... We'll put it in the context. So yeah. I was in a room and someone, a woman comes up and she says lupus, right? And I need a mentor. So I was like, I'll mentor you. Like I just stepped in to give, right? And then somebody else kind of like jumped in, right? And then all of a sudden, like I made a joke. I'm like, well, who do you want me or her? Like, like a joke. This is exactly what I said. And then someone started yelling and I'm like, oh, whoa, calm down. I was joking, right? So then I have a phone call. So I pick up the phone, right? On three minutes, right? And my phone, my phone was blown up. My DMs are blown up. Like, get back in here. I come back. They're all yelling. You move me to the audience. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was on the phone. Because, you know, this app, you can move whoever. You can't prove who moved anybody down, yeah, right? Yeah. And then, you know, then I'm like, all right, we're cool. I'll follow you. You follow me. You know what I mean? And then, you know, 10 minutes later, there's a room, like, with, like, about me. And it's my name, but then it gets to 2,100 people. And then I, you know, and they're just all start talking. I'm the worst. I cut people off. Like, what do you expect? You have 60 people on stage. Nobody can see these pages. You press the little mic button. What do you think is going to happen? Right? right? Right. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Right. So then it's like you cut people off and stuff like that. And I sat there for two and a half hours and just took it. And no matter how much sorry I did, it didn't make a difference. That's why I said people. Like we used to live in a thing that if people make a mistake, and by the way, I have a recording. Someone actually recorded the thing. So I was shocked. They sent it to me. Right. I, I never said what they said they did. You know, it was general. Cause how am I supposed to know who's what, whose voices are. Right. right. But you know, I apologize. You take it. Cause you know, you think it's going to be disarming, but people didn't want me. Like they want to be canceled. That's really what it wanted me. They wanted me canceled. And then they probably upset that I just got back into the room afterwards and did my thing. And now I have more followers. And then a lot of people unfollow me. Not a lot of people, but you know, some of them unfollowed me. And so funny enough, now they all follow me again. They all go in my room. So when you get 15 minutes of attention, right? But that's not the attention that's going to monetize. So you got a lot of pity follows. So I went back and did my thing and grinded away and it was a little dicey for a week. But now I, I've had one of the largest increase of followings uh, in the last week. So I'm up there in the like less than the 0.01% followers on, on there. And, just by adding value because we all start unknown there. And so I tell people start unknown, finish unforgettable. So, you know, some people just like drama, like it's just, you know. Right. And is that attention just as good as any attention though? I mean, at the end of the day, it's better I, I than mean, no attention, you know, right? I'm not a fan of that. Like, it's not the type of thing that I want. You know, some people will like revel it. I mean, some people, you know, they'll say certain things to get attention. You know, to be honest with you, the world's most successful people don't do that. Right. So I'd rather get different kind of attention. If I don't get the attention, I'd, I'd rather not because in the age of Googleability where people Google can make up stuff. I mean, I've had stalkers and put some of the worst stuff. And so, you know, that's your brand sometimes, you know, and, and people don't Google positivity. They Google negativity. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love how you bounce back. I mean, look, I don't know the whole story. Like I said, I wasn't even there, but I'm involved here listening. And I'm like, dude, I know you can't win in that conversation. At the end of the no, day, you, you apologize. You just can't win. Yeah. Like, yeah. But even when you apologize, then say like, okay, how do we solve this problem? Right. About, problem solvers. You know, right. Yep. Right, for mansplaining. There was no, there was just bitching, but it doesn't make a difference. 
by the way, their followers are still low. It doesn't make a difference except now with my follower count, it just, and then like, you know, I do really tough coaching in the room, like tough because, you know, as the world's number one wealth and business coach, like, man, I just break people down as to show the toughness, right. And people are like, Ooh. so everyone's not complaining about my style of coaching, but like, but then don't come in my room and my room, like on nine o'clock Eastern time is packed. It's right, packed. Right, right. Well, so what, what's your intention though? What's your intention? Is your intention to be a dick? There's a difference being dick and having the truth. Right. By the way, do you ever talk to somebody that's in love with their business idea that no matter what you tell them or someone who thinks they know better than they are, yep. like there's some people come on, they're coachable. You can tell they're coachable. You talk to them and you know what I mean? There's some people that just know it all. They have this attitude and everything else like that. Right. So it's not the intention of being, it's being direct. So people like mistake it. Number one, confidence with, with arrogance and they confuse the truth with like being like an asshole. Like your idea is not good. Blah, 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 blah. Your idea is not good. You know what I mean? Or you know what? How much money did you make? 300,000. No, it's a round number. Well, how much you make? 220. Well, why'd you say 300? Well, I rounded up. Well, you rounded by 80, right? What's your profit? Right, right. 250. How can you have just said 250 to it? Like, by the way, I don't know my numbers. You should know your business. I know. Like, you see what I mean? So it's like, it's like disarming, right? But, but some people have been programmed to argue. They're in love with their own idea. And that's why I attract a lot of high net worth clients that I coach or do business or friends are because, you know, I, I was just offered a, a TV deal or about to. And um, because, you know, People want that bluntness. Simon Cowell, Chef Gordon Ramsay, Steve Jobs, you know, right, whether right. people are President Trump or not, like not to get it political, but clearly the man got elected, right? And you can say whatever they want. He got elected, right? And it's, you know, and people say, I hate Donald Trump. Well, there's still 70 million people that vote for him, right? Yeah. So that's a pretty yeah. big thing. It's cutting, cutting the bullshit, dude. Just get to the point. Like I have, I'm, I'm not a very everyone patient person. Really, like I don't really do small talk or everyone wants to tell their sad story. Like, has anybody going to come here and tell you the sad story? And then yeah. you're going to say to them, wow, I'd like to partner with you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, you know, here's the thing too. No one cares how good your story is. They care about their own WIFM. What's in it for me. Right. And, and like successful people, like they don't really want to know about your sad story. Everybody's got their own problems. Now, at, when you become successful, I think the sad story is the counter strike, right? Someone goes, you don't understand this went through me. Like, really? Let me tell you my story. Yeah. And it's much more effective than leading with the story. And a lot of times people live the story because they want people to feel sorry for you, right? Break, like they want to like, you know what I mean? They're like, oh my God. And people cry. Like after you make people all emotional, nobody's like, I want to buy. They're like, they give you a, a standing ovation and that doesn't pay bills. So, so break down the perfect pitch to me. When somebody comes to you, what's the perfect structure that you want to hear that'll have you, have you get hard and be like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> all right. So here's what I need. Here's what I want. Here's how much I want. Here's uh, when I'm going to get it back. And um, here's what I'm gonna back. What's different about this? And how much money or security or you know, like what's your skin in the game? Now, not always. I'll invest in the deal. So there's no skin, but I want to know what's their skin in the game. Now, if they have zero, it doesn't mean I, I I won't do it. But that's what I kind of want to know. And then I'll be like, okay, how did it start? If I'm interested, right? Like right. someone says, I want a million dollars for ten percent of my company, and we haven't made any money yet. That's just like next. I don't care about the story. It doesn't matter. Just wasted my time. Yeah. Now, who are the people that mentor you now? Uh, I have four. One is George Ross, a celebrity apprentice judge. Been in my life for 10 years. Is my uh, retired from, uh, you know, working for, you know, you don't want to say his name anymore because you never know who, you just mention his name and people like freak out. Um, and then, but he's been with me 93 years old, man, sharp as can be. Yeah. Um, another one is Hugh Hilton from the Hilton family. Uh, he's a fantastic man, done some big deals. Another one, we call him Tycoon X. He's probably one of the most powerful real estate business guy in Chicago, but 
didn't want me to give his name publicly because he actually talks to my clients. So I created this tycoon X and everybody knows him as that ironically. Oh, cool. And then I have um, uh, Mike Slade, who's uh, Bill Gates, best friend uh, was Steve Jobs, best friend worked at Microsoft and Apple worked at next. I love the stories about jobs and Gates. I mean, they just, you know, really inspire me. Now for your life now, like, do you look around when you wake up in the morning sometimes and like, can't believe you got this far? Or did you always have a big thought and big I, I, belief? I'm desensitized to it. You know, like I just have, I have a big house. I've got all this stuff, but I don't like stuff like that. Doesn't like, I get up, I do my thing. I come down, I put my game face on and that's what I do. So I'm just very focused on that. Like, like I can afford a jet easily. I just, I look at it from a cost perspective. Like if I fly to you, it's three hours there, three hours back. So call it $5,000 an hour. That's 30,000, right? Yep. Now you're going to say, well, your time is worth more, but I can spend a thousand dollars and yeah, I got to go early, but maybe on the plane, I'll do some work or whatever. But the point is I'm not going to make $30,000 meeting you at least not the first meeting. Right. Shit. So yeah. Yeah. Right. Course, dude. You don't, you don't know I, me well enough. <laughs> no, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm but even, like, it doesn't matter. Like the psychological factor, yep. or even if I made 50,000 with you, well, I only made 20 because it cost me 30. Yep. Right. Yep. You see, so it's that psychological barrier because I'm very frugal. Right. I'm very frugal. I'm very careful. I make a lot of money, but I'm extremely careful because I don't want to, like I say, a lot of people blow it, you know? Yeah. I mean? And I don't, I don't like blowing my, my money. Now yeah. each is own for my habit. But I talk to a lot of very successful people, some on my level, some higher, and they say they can't tend to not to look at the bill because it doesn't make sense. If like I, if they said they rack, so basically take a look at it, it's going to cost me 3 million a year to fly my jet, right? That's so they kind of take a look at it rather than on a per basis. And so, yeah, I mean, it's cool, but you know, like even if I, if I had 500 million, I don't know if I'd do it because yeah. it's not like, to me, it doesn't. You know, and also to a lot of my travels international too, which even even a whole new level of of money to that. You know what I mean, so what's your targets now for you, man? What's what's coming up for you? What are you aiming for? What do you want to accomplish? How old are you, by the way? I'm forty. Forty. Okay. So uh, going forward, I mean, I'm I'm forty four. I just hit like a midlife crisis. I'm trying to go bigger than I ever thought before. Um. So, um, what's on your plate, man? I mean, you know, billionaire probably, and then I'm just gonna give it all away. And then make another one. So that's kind of always said. It's just like the number of the game. But I, mean, I mean, it's not as important. Wait, wait, as but, but, but wait a minute. You just said probably. Do you do you believe in how you talk? It matters. Like no. you're going to get there saying probably. Because, because here's the thing too. If you focus on the money, it's not going to come right. It never does because yeah. you're focused on the money, right? If you focus on taking care of your clients, they'll take care of your success rate and your profit. Um, you know, like the the more I have, like you know, crypto mining, crypto. Like I have a lot of stuff, and I mean. Well, that could, yeah, that could help. Definitely. I mean, but you don't, but you don't look at, it's not about money, but it's a number, it's a target. It's a way to measure. And you don't have that. Like, you yeah. Like Forbes 400. It's just like, that's all, you know, like I'm in awe of Elon Musk that he made 125 billion, nothing to do with the money, but that he made 125. Right. It's like scoring 125 points in a game. It's like insane. Right. right. Some people have trouble making $125 a day. Now, do you feel this like you, do you, do you feel like you've made it now though? Like if you were like from, from a kid oh, looking sure. back. I mean, okay. So compared to everybody else, of course, compared to Elon Musk, I haven't done anything. Right. But for you though, simply JT made it. Yeah, of course I've made it. I am, you know, I'm best of the world at certain things. So like out of all these people on the planet, I know that that's, that's a great accomplishment. And I earn 99.9999999% of everyone on this planet, but I don't want to be satisfied. I take a look like Elon Musk, went to space or sent people to space, built the car. Like, that's cool. Like you did something. 
you know, and maybe that's something else that, but that's not in my DNA. Elon Musk will work on two, one, two or three companies and be like hundred percent in. I'm more like a Richard Branson where like, I basically look, there's fish over there and I'm going to go where the fish are and just pick up a bunch of companies or a bunch of real estate deals and, and then grow from there. Like, I don't like, I would be too bored just going one thing. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. I like it. So uh, I have a concept that I talk about all the time. It's framed. I mean, there's no new concepts out there, but I just use this to, to keep me pushing and become feeling like I'm, I'm unstoppable. And I think you feel like that too, if I do speak for you, but uh, turning everything that comes your way that normally would stop people, slow them down, whatever the case is, and converting them into rocket fuel for their future. I'd love to hear what that concept of becoming unstoppable, the rocket fuel concept means to you and what it's meant to you in your business and life. Well, I mean, to me, as the minute you turn your weakness into your strength is when you're grown. Your strengths got you to where you are here today. If you take a look at your bank account, whatever it is, whether it's negative or positive, that's your effort that you put in. And if you want to take it to the next level, whatever you're not good at, that's the clog in your business, right? And so as we said, the fear, the fire, the dark side, the, the fire, if it burns, that's something you can't put inside or you can't take out. You either have it or you don't. And if the fire burns bright enough, it will, it will fire away the fear. And in the dark side, will constantly be a struggle no matter what. Because internally, we always have something, you know what I mean? We always struggle internally. And I think the struggle is what makes it real, right? I don't think you're ever all at peace because there's always more you can do. There's always, you know, intricacies in your brain that you kind of put together. What are your challenges or insecurities right now? I have none. If you fear nothing, they fear you. I fear absolutely nothing anymore. You know, I used to be worried about what haters think. You know, some people might, you know, listen to this and say, oh, JT's this and JT's that. And like, I'll say, whoever's trying to bring you down is below you. Right. I have billionaires that do business with me. I, I coach some of the world's most successful people. Like to me, I, I look up for opinion, right? I don't need anybody's validation. What other people think about you is none of your business, right? Yep. yep. And, and I- if, people wanna, if you, people want to criticize me, I'd be like, okay, well, why are you on this show? Why are you being interviewed? Right, right. And how about your weaknesses that you need to work on? I don't really have too many weaknesses in business anymore because I work on them. How about, in, how about in life? How about in life? JT Fox. Because listen, here's the thing. People I, in Clubhouse I, are going to listen to this. I don't think I have like necessarily a weakness because, you know, like I have no patience. I don't think it's a weakness. It's the way I am. Yeah. I just, I can't, I like being straight to the point. But that could be, that could be, a, that could be an asset though. Right. I mean, of course, of patience of course. to me is an asset. I don't, you know what? I'm, I'm like super loyal. Like there's different JTs. There's JT on stage, funny, entertaining, blah, blah, blah. Hard. There's JT in business. It's very hard. Like I'm just like, I don't mess around. Like I'm the guy in the room where people do get intimidated in business. Right. Um, like there's a deal we're working on $17 million just like this morning. And like the guy's trying to back out or something like that. And I was like, going to get another podcast, uh, which by the way, this is only the third podcast this year that I've done in the last year. Cause I've been like, thank you. So yeah, because I like you and just, I say no all the time. Right. And, um, you know, when I, when I learned to like, how do I say yes, I I think I started saying no too much to everything. So I'm now trying to work on to say yes. So that I can see new things, new opportunity. It just makes my schedule a lot busier. But, um, you know, on the other side, it's kind of that story of, you know, the 17 million, I got on the phone and just like, I let the guy talk and I just got went off. But I did on purpose. I didn't know because I was mad. Like I played a role, right? Right. And I said certain things and, you know, stuff like that. And then I took it back, pushed a little bit, took it back, pushed a little bit, take it back. And then I said the deal. Last question before I uh, get the audience to know how to connect with you and engage with you further. Does emotion belong in business? Absolutely not. That's when mistakes happen. Machines don't make mistakes. People do. And most of the people, mistakes are made by people. People suck. If you really think about it, like take a look at every enemy or hater or non-believer in your life. 
there's someone that you once helped, some shape or form, right? Think about all the people disappointed, business partner, family didn't do any money. Uh, you lent money to somebody, they didn't pay you back. Someone stabbed you in the back. Someone tried to steal your business. It's always people. That's why a lot of successful people are very tight-knit circle. Who you're hanging around with is who you become. It's time for people to start firing the negative people in their lives. Love it, man. A lot of broken people. I grew up with a lot of broken people. I'm still working to build people, man. And I'm, it's a never-ending game, but I love it. So thank you, JT, for coming on. How can the audience engage with you further or follow you? Yeah, I mean, they go to my Instagram and uh, they can send me a message what they thought. Also, too, uh, every day I do three to five coaching for free, one-on-one. It's one of the highest paid business coaches in the world, but I still, at the end of the day, and always end my day with giving back three to five people. So people want that. Or they go to Millionaire Flicks and pretty much get everything I've ever done for like 50 bucks. So 7,000 hours of content, uh, 58 courses. So it's my way of giving back. You know, it's funny because I used to sell one course for 5,000. Now I'm like, take everyone for 50. So different world we live in. So just want to give and serve. And I appreciate C-Rock. You got, got a great show. You have a great heart. But more importantly, I'm on your show because I think you're the real deal. So and thank, uh, thank let's you. just say, I, I probably said no 100 times this year alone. So that means a lot, man. Thank you. Thank you. And if you ever need anything, reach out. I don't know what I could do for you, but I look forward to learning more from you in the future, JT. Thank you for coming on the show. Guys, you've been listening to What Are You Made Of podcast with your boy, Mike C-Rock. Thank you so much for listening. Go get that Rocket Fuel book at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. MikeCRock.com forward slash book. Until next time, be good. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at TheMikeCRock.com, TheMikeCRock with no K.com. And let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.